What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Dolce Show. That's right. We are back. We are back in 2017, and woo, it's been a while. That's right, my good friends out there. We've been on hiatus for the last quarter of 2016 because we've been busy. We've been busy coming up with new products, new programs, new services, new ways for us to help change your life. We were also a little busy building a new baby. That's right. Miss Arden Olivia Dolce was born November 30th, 7 pounds, 11 ounces. Our sweet little girl is now here. Little sister to the wonderful Miss Victoria Rose Dolce, who has her second birthday Next month in February, my God, time flies, and most of you have been have been with us on this journey for the last few years, watching our babies, our, our baby girls being born, growing up with you guys on hand. So thank you so much for being a part of the journey with our family, our growing family, and you're a part of our family too. I've missed you guys. I really have. I've missed you guys. It's been a while because Lord knows I like to talk. And thankfully, you guys amuse, or uh, is it appease me? You appease me, and you allow me to talk to you, talk with you, talk at you. And I appreciate that. Poor Brandy. I walk around the house and say, what's up, Brandy? And she's like, shut up, Mike. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so it's good to be back. Now, 2017, what are your plans? What are your plans for 2017, people? Have you set goals for yourself? Have you written down goals? Have you set specific deadlines for your goals? Have you made your goals measurable? What does measurable mean? Measurable means instead of, I want to make more money. Measurable is, I want to make $100 more per week. That's measurable. Measurable is not, I want to lose weight. Measurable is, I want to lose 10 pounds by March 1st. That is measurable. Goals must be written down. They must be specific and measurable. They must have a deadline. Otherwise, they're not going to happen. You are not going to luck into success. It doesn't happen. This is not television, people. This is real life. And in real life, we are subject to reality. And I know reality is is a, a far cry from what we're seeing these days in pop culture. What's happening around this planet is just concerning, deeply concerning, but I digress because we don't focus on negative. We focus on positive. And by positive, we are focused on us, on you on changing your life for the better. And how can we do that? We can do that right now, today, at this moment, by setting goals for yourself. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? How do you see your life changing? And that's what we want to focus on. Let's change your life. Let's change your life. Let's make it happen. Do you want to be more fit? Do you want to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds by February, March, April? What about summertime? Summer's coming. Summer starts now. How do you want to look look on July 1st? July 4th at that barbecue, at that pool party, on that vacation, on the boat, on the beach. 
How do you want to look? What bikini do you want to wear? What shorts are you going to be in? Are you going to be proud to take off your top and show the world what you've been doing, the hard work you've been putting in, how you've been sculpting that healthy, fit physique, that jaw-dropping, head-turning, eye-opening physique? Do you want to walk in a room and have every head turn your way and nod in approval? Not approval because you're conforming to other people's ideals. Approval because people will look at you and say, God darn, she put in the work and built the body that she wants. He put in the work and built the body he wants. That is awesome. How did you do that? Can you help me do that? What do you eat? How do you train? How did you get those? Look how tight your tummy is. Look how round your shoulder. Look how strong your arms look. You look so fit. You look so healthy. My God, you look great. Don't you want to hear that? Don't you want to elicit that response? Because now is the time, no matter where you are, no matter where you start, you can end up there. You can finish there. And we have the time to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to help you. And I am back more motivated than ever. And that's right. I have my shit kicking boots on. If you need it, I will put one right up your tail and make sure you're achieving your goals because you deserve them. You deserve it more than anybody else. You deserve to be successful. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be fit. You deserve to be the apple of someone else's eye. You deserve to motivate those around you. You can do it. And you better do it. Because if not you, then who? If not now, then when? That's what we're talking about. If not now, then when? When? Because if not today, will it be tomorrow? Because yesterday you said tomorrow and that's today and here you are doing the same thing in the same place with the same people, eating the same thing, drinking the same thing, watching the same thing. Are you moving forward? Because if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards and we don't have time to move backwards. Life is short, my friends. There's work to be done. There's goals to be achieved. There's fun to be had. And it is not going to happen by doing the things you've always been doing. Even me, I'm constantly setting goals for myself and I am not perfect. Far from it. I am motivated. I am super motivated. I am ultra extremely motivated to improve my life, the quality of my life, to help those around me change and improve their life. And that is you. I'm talking to you. That's right. I'm talking to you. You on the treadmill. You in the car. (laughs) You at work pretending to be working. I'm talking to you. So what are we going to do about it? That's the question. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to write goals? Are we going to write clearly defined goals with a, an exact deadline? Are we actually going to take the five seconds to pull out a piece of paper and a pen and write down a goal? 
Are you going to do that? Because if you can't do that, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve to be successful if you simply can't write it down on a piece of paper. You don't have that much uh, energy. You don't have that much forethought. If you can't write it down on a piece of paper and make it real, it's not going to happen. If you can't do that, well, God darn it, you can't do anything else for yourself now, can you? Now, I know you can. I know the listeners of the Mike Dolce Show can because you don't come here for my comedic wit, right? Well, maybe. You come here for motivation. You come here for education. You come here for inspiration and maybe even a little entertainment. We try, but really, it's my job to motivate you to move forward and to push yourself and to challenge yourself and to better yourself and to build the life, to build the body that you deserve. It's also my job to provide you with the education that you need, the tools, the tips, the tricks that you need to carry out your goals. And we have all that. Whatever you want, we have it. Whatever you need, we have it. The answers, we already have the answers to the questions you've yet to ask. You don't even know that they're there. We have it because we've done it. We've worked with thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of humans have changed their life following the Dolce Diet principles, the teachings, the philosophies, the programs. By utilizing our products and services, millions Millions of people have changed their life. It is proven. It is battle tested. It is tried and true. It is guaranteed. You will change your life by following our system, by following our principles, by adopting our system. So what's the problem? The problem is motivation. The problem is actualization. The problem is accountability, not for you. But for most, for many, many people simply don't do the things they need to do to change their life. They want to sit back and pretend and blame and complain other people about other people, about other things, about their environment, about their car, about their boss, about their spouse, about their kids, about their parents, about their lack of of funds, about their shitty gym shoes, about the crowded um, gym that they go to, yada, 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 boo-hoo. They complain and they complain and guess what? They don't move forward. They don't make progress. They look the same as they've always looked or worse. They have the same things in their, their, their bank account looks the same as it always has or worse. Their car is the same damn car or worse. Whatever the deal is, they complain, they blame, but they don't achieve fame. Ooh, look at me with the rhymes. So on that note, I'm going to share a quick little story that came up on our Instagram live. Some of you may know, some of you not, that I grew up poor. So poor that we didn't have electricity. We didn't have heat. Air conditioning wasn't even a thought. Air conditioning means open windows. No heat, no electricity, and most of the year, no running water. Most years, no running water. I would have to break in to the local community center to shower, or fortunately, I could go to school early and exercise and then shower. Exercise would be an excuse to take a shower before school would start. 
and I could train after school. Wrestling practice saved my life. And I could shower after practice and be good. And I would do my homework sitting on the front porch because we had no electricity, we had no lights. But the street light would actually give me enough light to actually sit on my front porch and do my homework once the sun had set. And I try and get my homework done at school most of the time, but usually I had practice right after school or I was working right after school. And this is kind of the high school, late grammar school, high school age. I mean, it was, it was, it was tough times. I can't blame my mom. She was working three jobs trying to keep it together. My father had a massive stroke when I was eight years old, taken, ripped from the home. My mother was a stay-at-home mom raising four hungry kids thrust into the workforce with no discernible skills. She was cleaning houses, making ends meet, doing odd jobs for years until she finally got the ability to put it together and get you know, a much better uh, position for herself. But I was older at the time. So during that time, they were, times were bleak. It was difficult. Life was hard. There wasn't often food, not for four kids. And we would have to borrow money from aunts and uncles and grandparents. I remember the phone call once or twice a week that my mom would make. Oh, so hard for her. Dad, do you have $5 so I can get the kids dinner? And we would go to McDonald's and we would get the dollar menu. And there'd be four kids and my mom's. There'd be five of us. And for $5, we could each get a little meal. Or we'd get a loaf of bread and bologna and mustard. I mean, who, who, who doesn't know the, the famous you know, bologna sandwich story for people in our circumstance? So at eight years old, I got my first job. And that was as a, a dock rat. And what's a dock rat? Well, I worked on a little inlet community, a shore community, where... Fishing was one of the main commerce, main sources of commerce. And at eight years old, how do I eat? How do I help? Mom's not here. She's working, starving, food. Like, life sucks. I knew money. I knew we needed money. I knew I needed money. So I would go up to the docks, and I would stand outside the boats, and I would wait for a boat to show up. And I'd say, hey, can I? you need help cleaning the boat? And... Lo and behold, I would get work because the mates, which are typically late teens, early 20s, they don't want to clean, descale a boat, clean up the puke and all the other crap. They don't want to do that crap. They want to sit on the dock and drink beer, sell the fish they just caught to the passersby, which was awesome. Wild caught fish, bluefish, fluke, tuna, ready. So I would clean these boats typically from about 3 p.m. until 5 or 6, and I would usually get $2 per day. So, you know, a little, little less than a dollar an hour for a hard-ass manual labor cleaning 60-foot charter boats, three floors. But at the end of the week, I'd have $10 in my pocket. And then Friday and Saturday, they would go out twice. They'd have a half day and a full day. So I'd get two opportunities. And I typically would make $5 on Friday, or five on Saturday and five on Sunday. So I'd have $20 in my pocket come Monday. $20 buys a lot of candy bars, let me tell you. And I would do that, and I did that for years. And I would bust my ass when all the other kids are running around outside playing. 
I'd be working three hours, four hours till dark, stinking like fish, being full of fish scales, trying to wash myself off with the hose at the dock because, you know, the shower didn't work at home. And I went through my early life doing that. And I didn't really think there was anything wrong with that. I didn't think there was anything not normal about that. I didn't know any better. I just knew I needed to eat. My family, my brothers and sisters needed to eat. We needed coal for the wood-burning stove because we couldn't afford the traditional heat that everybody else kind of had. You flip a thermostat and your house is warm. We would have to you know, rely on the coal wood-burning stove that would kind of work for a couple hours and take a little bit of the chill off and then it would die out and we couldn't really keep coal on hand. So I would scavenge the neighborhood for wood. Eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. At 12 years old, I made my way up to assistant mate on these boats. And then by 14, I was actually able to be a first mate on these boats. Working full day tuna trips and, and multi-day tuna trips, going three days out in the middle of the ocean, coming back, making a couple hundred dollars a pop, probably getting stolen from, for sure, because I was young and naive. But also, I would go down because I'd have other time, I'd have other opportunities. So I went to the reclamation center. Hey, do you guys need help? And I was a pretty big, strong kid, muscular. I was short, but I was, I was muscular and I was fit. Like, yeah, so these older guys, they'd be stacking newspapers and tying them up. Yeah, we got to fill these trucks. Okay. And I would throw bundles of newspapers, probably, I don't know, 20-pound bundles, onto the back of a tractor trailer. And I'd throw as many as I could until there was barely any room for me to climb up. And I would climb up, climb up into the truck. And I would take all these, these bundles of papers and I'd put them to the front of the truck and I would stack them neatly and tidily if that's a word, as high as I could, stack them and pack them, 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 all the way through until we would fill up these tractor trailers. And when we had a truck that was full, then we would get paid. I would get paid cash. And as we took, as we moved forward, as I moved forward, that was the mentality that I had is to work, is to earn if you want something, you got to bust your ass to go out there and get it. You got to make yourself uncomfortable to achieve something. And my goals at that time were really simple. I wanted to eat. <laughs> I wanted to be warm. And again, it's no fault of my mother. She was doing the best that she could to provide health care and dental and, and these other things that kids need and trying to keep it together. There's a whole backstory to that. But that's not what we're talking about now. So during that time, for the formative years of my young life, there was no heat. There was no running water. There was no electricity. There was no opportunity. There was no help. There was no silver lining at the end of this cloud. There was no light at the end of this tunnel. There was only work and eating and sleeping and repeating. There was only grinding. And I'm so lucky to have gone through that, to have had to grind my way through childhood. Now, I had fun, too, and I had friends, and we found ways to enjoy ourselves. And again, I never knew that what I was doing wasn't normal. I always thought it was weird that my friends weren't trying to work and make money because I always had cash in my pocket. I could go to the arcade when I wanted to. I could buy the candy bar, the comic book when I wanted to. I could pay to go to the amusement park when I wanted to. 
I could do all those things because I had cash in my pocket and I didn't have to ask my mom. I would never ask my mom for money because I knew she didn't have any. I would never ask for money. I would never ask anyone for money because I earned it myself. And I knew that and learned that and earned that at such an early age, not knowing there was something different or something, quote, wrong about that. And then as we fast forward into adulthood, I've never changed that mentality, that philosophy. It's about hard work. It's about putting the time in. It's about earning your way. It's about setting goals for yourself and doing what's necessary to achieve them. It's about not blaming anybody. It's about not blaming your circumstances. It's about taking accountability for where you are and working your ass off to improve your situation and not looking for a handout, not looking for a helping hand, looking for opportunities and putting yourself in the position to take advantage of opportunities when they were presented to you. So as I move forward in life, I did really well in school. I was an honors student, specifically in math and science. Always easy. I was in honors and advanced placement. That was never a problem. And rarely did I even do my homework or study. I paid attention in class. I got the concepts. They made sense. The way my brain works, it was just relatively easy for me. Now, language, I was terrible in. Couldn't pick up languages. I was good in writing. I had good cognitive ability, comprehension ability. I was decent there. History and all that stuff, eh. Couldn't really, couldn't, what does this matter? It doesn't really matter. Science always mattered. I knew science mattered. Mathematics mattered. So I paid more attention and I put more time into that. And as I went through and as I got out of high school, I, I started working in construction. I was working in construction actually in high school as a, as a laborer. I worked in landscaping. I worked in construction because that was a great way to make more money, right? I worked constant. I never didn't work. Since eight years old, I've never not had a job. And most of the time, I had multiple jobs. I never had just one job or, quote, one income stream. I always had multiple income streams. Even newspapers. I would deliver newspapers when I was allowed to at 12 years old while still working on the boats, while still working at the reclamation center. And then I got a job at a silkscreen shop cleaning silkscreens and folding T-shirts in a printing press. These are all before I was even 14 years old. All these jobs, just constantly working, grinding, making my way. And I was, because of the science background, I was always infatuated, likely because I lost my father at eight years old, infatuated with muscle and strength and Arnold Schwarzenegger and and Sylvester Stallone and Jean-Claude Van Damme and all those guys, because that was the era, right? The 80s era. I was born in 76. 80s was all about these over-the-top action muscle man superheroes. And that's what I wanted to be like. And I became so infatuated with that. I started because I had money in my pocket. I would buy every muscle magazine, Flex Magazine and Muscle and Fitness and Muscular, muscular Development and Iron Man and Muscle Mag International and even some of like the fringe kind of weirdo, not weirdo, um, but kind of like I look back now and they were probably a little homoerotic. These guys with like their, you know, Daisy Duke pants and the zippers open. And I was like, wow, these guys are super fit. How do they train? How do they eat? I didn't know because I was still a young kid. I was naive. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, And I would just suck up all that information. And I started training at a a gym at 
12 years old. I lied. I said I was 13. I kind of talked about that in Living Lean. I paid my own dues. It was $99 for three months, 33 hours a month. I had the cash to do it. Didn't ask my mom for cash. I did have to bring her in to sign the parental waiver, which she did for me, thankfully. And that got me and got me training at uh, 12 years old. So I was training with weights at 12 years old. By the time I got into high school, I was actually the captain of my varsity wrestling team as a freshman. Huge accolade because I was in better shape. I was fitter than everybody. I wasn't the biggest guy on the team. I was 135. 125 to 135 would compete at. But I was fit, and I knew what I was talking about. I was a freshman captain, which was super cool. And I was responsible for helping create the strength training programs for the, the guys on the team. And then the cheerleaders would ask me how to get in shape and how to build their bodies and lose weight and eat better. And then the skinny kids would ask me the same thing. So I started building programs for the kids in school and I would charge them. They would buy my lunch. They would do my homework for me. (laughs) And then eventually they would pay me $5 for a four-week program. And they would save their lunch money. They'd skim off a dollar here and there for mom and dad. And they would kick back that cash. I'd put them on these programs. And I had the key to the school gym because I was the, you know, um, wrestling team captain. I had access to the facility anytime I wanted. I would take these kids in there and I would teach them how to train properly. And then they'd follow my programs and I'd update them. So every month I was probably making, shit, $50 a month just in writing these programs for these kids. And it was all really easy for me. That's 90. And then in 93... At 17 years old, I opened my first, I opened our training business, which is what it is today. Now it's the Dolce Diet and Fitness, but back then it was, quote, physical enterprises. And that was the letterhead that I had printed out during, uh, you know, I just remember the old scanner and how long it took to print that first piece of paper. Uh, It was so funny. I would hang up at supermarkets and I would go to the bank on the the community bulletin boards and I would hang it up with these little tabs um, with my phone number. And they could call, and I would I would get clients that way because I was hustling, I was grinding, I was providing a quality service to the community that I could then monetize and continue to build my business. That's in 1993, a junior in high school opened this business, and here we are in 2007, 24 years later, and we're still running this business. But back then, there wasn't a lot of money in it per se. And after school, I started working. I took my construction background as a laborer and I parlayed that into working for the government in municipal finance and taxation. I became a property inspector for a tax assessor's office and I pursued all the education necessary and I passed my tax assessor's certification test, which has a 17% pass ratio. I passed that on my first time and I became the youngest sitting tax assessor in the state of New Jersey. And I worked there for almost a decade doing that. And I built up my income to be six figures in my mid-20s. And I had a condo on the beach. And I had a Lincoln Continental in my driveway and a Ford Explorer XLT Eddie Bauer edition in my driveway, both leased vehicles. I was the man in my mid-20s. From where I had come to where I was at that point, I had achieved so much. I had the ideal, the corner office, a job that had tenure, six weeks of paid vacation, plus an additional 20 days of government holidays. It was insane. I could accrue and continue to collect sick days. That would pay me out at the end. I had a 401k or deferred compensation program. This is all my early to mid-20s. And I was still running my personal training business, my private training business, and I was still working with combat athletes and wrestlers and Team Henzo Gracie. Thank you for the opportunity, Henzo, to work with your amazing stable of athletes. Before mixed martial arts even existed, it was the world of NHB, no holds barred fighting, and there was no money in it 
at all. Nobody would pay, but everybody needed the help because they weren't making money themselves. Now, during that time that I was a municipal tax assessor, I was working multiple jobs still because that's all I knew. So I was bouncing. I started bouncing at 17 years old, making $50 a night. A few years later, I was making $500 a night as a bouncer, one of the more in-demand bouncers on the Jersey Shore simply because I was 220 pounds of molded steel. I was a wrestler, and I looked like it. I was a power lifter, and I looked like it. I was a tough guy, and I looked like it, but I never had to fight because I could always talk to people, and I could always reason with people, so I would never risk damaging the bar or ruining people's good times, and I could just simply get someone another drink or walk them politely out of the facility and invite them to come on back on my dime at another time, and I could always be that guy. So I became very in demand and I would still be working three nights a week, typically Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even while working as a tax assessor. And also I was selling cars. I had a great little gig set up where I would work with a local Christian charity that would take nonprofit donations of vehicles that people would get the write off of the value of the car. Then they would take these vehicles and they would rehab these vehicles and they would resell them into the community at good price points. And I would purchase these vehicles and I would drive these vehicles around until I could sell them for a minimum of a 30% markup. So if I could buy a car for $1,000, I would sell it for at least $1,300. And I would drive it until I could get that price. And I would list it on you know, different bulletin boards and mess- whatever I could do, places to list them for free. And I would, and I would sell them, and I would sell everyone. And it wasn't accruing miles on my daily beaters or as, as using a daily beater on my leased cars, my, my Lincoln and my, my Explorer. I thought I was being smart. I was being smart. But again, it just shows the mind, mindset, the mentality of the hustle, the entrepreneurship that I didn't even know I was doing at the time. It just made sense because I got this time. I have this opportunity. Let's take advantage of it. Let's get out there. Let's work. Let's make this happen. I'm not going to sit on my couch and watch TV when I can be out there hustling, making money, improving my life. Let's go and get it done. And then I remember I got to the point in my career in municipal finance that I just didn't want to be there anymore. It wasn't for me. I was the youngest. I was the youngest of my peers by at least 20 years. And I remember sitting around the boardroom table one day and I have all these older, nice gentlemen, all these older gentlemen talking on a Friday about how they just can't wait to get out of here and go to the bar. They're all going, who's going, who's going, who's going? Yeah, let's go to the bar and let's drink scotch and let's drink whiskey. And I remember thinking, well, God, aren't you guys married? Don't you have family and kids? Don't you want to go home and see them? Because we're here until like eight o'clock at night every night. This place sucks. I don't want to hang out with you guys. I want to go home. I don't even have a wife at the time. I had a beautiful girlfriend at the time to whom I'm married to now, 17 years later. And I remember thinking, and all these guys were in just terrible shape and they had red faces and they were all bloated and they were kind of over, you know, overweight, most of them. I got to get out of here. I can't do this. I can't be this. And right about that time, I was fortunate to receive the opportunity to be the head strength coach of Team Quest, Randy Couture's gym. This is back in 2004. Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, Matt Linland. They owned and operated the number one fighting gym in the world. Arguably tied with Pat Militich's Militich fighting system. But I think at that time, because of Randy and Dan, Randy held the UFC world title. Dan held the pride world title. Matt Linden was considered the number one pound for pound middleweight in the world. Evan Tanner was still uh, alive. Rest in peace. Evan still competing. Uh, This was just a beast, a powerhouse of a facility. And they hired me. They offered me a job as their head strength coach. And I said, yes. And I took a massive, massive pay cut. 
I went from you know a good, a, a very healthy six-figure income down to accepting position that was at $30,000. And I married my girlfriend at the time, Brandy. And we packed up our truck. We traveled across the country in less than four weeks' time. And that first day that we got to town, I received a phone call, and, I, and they said, hey, Mike, listen, uh, yeah, I don't think we can afford to pay you that, that full salary, but don't worry. We, we do have work for you. Okay. So can you come in tomorrow? Let's talk about it. Let's, can you be here at 6 a.m.? I was like, ooh, early. Okay, I just got here. I've been driving for four and a half days. Okay. Yeah, I'll be there, sure. And I show up. And there's a mop bucket, sicking, mop bucket sitting in the middle of the mat. I said, yeah, so apologize for that kind of things, budget, this, that, you know, stuff happens. Apologies. We'll try and get it back as soon as we can. But we got work here. You can open the gym. It pays $8 an hour, probably take you three or four hours a day. And by opening the gym, it means clean the gym. So for $8 an hour before taxes, $32 a day before taxes, about $20 a day, I could clean the, one, of the dirtiest, one of the dirtiest gyms you ever see in your life. And I said, yes, and I took that job. So from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., I would clean one of the filthiest facilities, toilets, disgusting, mopping, gross, pubic hairs everywhere, ringworm staff, no doubt, um, nasty clothes and garbage can and everything else. I would clean it for four hours. And then from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., I would coach 40 of the world's greatest athletes on the planet for free. And we were so broke at the time that Brandy and I, we... We, perched, we needed a kitchen table because we drove across the country in a, in a truck that had our clothes, essentially, and a few valuables, but no furniture. Thought, you know, we were counting the paycheck. Well, we'd be able to buy this and buy that and, you know, this, that. And, and Brandy got a job as the overnight sports editor for the Statesman Journal. She had been a columnist for the Asbury Park Press in New Jersey, which was a big position. So she took a pay cut and a demotion, essentially, to make a lateral move to a sister organization, which was owned by the Gannett Company. So she was the overnight sports editor. She needed the vehicle to drive back and forth an hour to Salem, Oregon. We lived in Gresham at nighttime, getting home in the wee hours of the early morning. I would leave in the wee hours of the early morning, and I would work until late at nighttime. We would see each other an hour per day <laughs> if we were lucky. And I would ride my bike to the gym because we didn't have a second vehicle, and I would take the 30-minute bike ride in the freezing cold rain. Those of you from the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, you know what I'm talking about. Ooh, icy, bone-chilling cold. You could feel it in your marrow, and I would ride the bike to and from the gym at 4.30 in the morning and then 9 o'clock at night to get home after a brutal, brutal physical day. So we went to Walmart, and we bought ourselves a $10 plastic picnic table set that was our kitchen table for nearly three months. <coughs> Excuse me. And we loved it. We loved it in the simplicity of it, that we had a common goal. We knew why we were there. We knew what we were doing. We knew we were sacrificing for something bigger than ourselves. And we busted our asses and we saved our pennies. And a year later, that truck, the Explorer, was up for the lease turn in. We had to turn the lease in and it cost us 1200 additional dollars because we were over the mileage. And that was hard to come up with that cash. And then we needed a new vehicle. We needed two, actually. And my good friend, Mr. Jameson Hensley, hooked me up with a $1,200 1992 Buick Regal from Weston Kia. It was the oldest car there. And I said, give me the least expensive, most reliable car you have. And this was the grandma mobile that he pulled out in. <laughs> and it looked like a grandma mobile. White. Egg white on the outside, and the inside was burning your eyes bright red, bench 
seats. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better car. <laughs> it's so cool. I remember not long after Mr. Dwayne Ludwig came to train with us at Team Quest, I picked him up at the airport, and we got in my car, and he's like, is this your car? I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. It's Dwayne Bang Ludwig. He's like, this fucking car is awesome. I love this car. Holy shit. And, and then we would just drive around in the car because it was, so, it was so comfortable, though. It was like you were floating on your sofa driving around the world in this thing. But anyway, 1992 Buick Regal. Brandy was fortunate enough to get a 19 or a 2004 Kia Spe- It was a 2000 model year 2005. We bought it in 2006, but it was on the lot since 2004 because these cars come out a little bit early. So it sat there for almost two years. And it looked nice, but it had no options. It had roll, it had roll down windows where you actually had to use your arm and roll down the window. It had manual locks, not power locks. The one thing it did have, thankfully, was air conditioning. That was necessary. It had a radio player, but no CD player. It was awesome. And we got that for $12,000, which was a great deal. And it was brand new, but it was old. And it was like very, very price reduced. And it was a great car. And that was in 2006 we purchased these vehicles. And we drove these vehicles until 2012. So six years I drove around in a 1992 Buick Regal. Brandy drove around in a 2004 Kia Spectra with roll-down windows. And in 2006 we purchased those vehicles. And in 2012... We purchased our home for cash. I bought my Land Rover for cash. We bought Brandy's Tahoe, white Tahoe, tan leather interior, black tinted windows. We bought that for cash. We also bought our Yukon, which is our kind of my gym truck, I call it, our guest car. We bought that for cash in 2012. We've also bought a ton of real estate property and investments and rental properties. And we have bought all of them for cash. We bought our first condo for $30,000 that same year that we bought our house, actually. And then we cash flowed that and we bought our next condo for $50,000, our next condo for seventy, dollars our next condo for ninety, dollars our next condo for one twenty, dollars our next condo for one fifty, dollars And we bought a few more condos in that price range since then, owning a very nice portfolio of real estate and investment properties that we've all bought for cash. And most people say, well, that's not possible. How could you do that? We did that because, to use Dave Ramsey's term, we lived like no one else, so we can now live like no one else. We worked our asses off. We set goals. We delayed gratification. We didn't complain. We didn't blame. We knew exactly where we wanted to be. We bought the exact house we wanted. We bought the corner house on a cul-de-sac. A four-bedroom, three-bathroom, beautiful home with private yard and everything else. And we bought it for cash on our terms. And most people say, oh, I, can't, I can't do that. Well, I tell you what, those who say that you can't do it, I guarantee you're in a better position than I was growing up. You most likely had heat and hot water and electricity growing up. And I didn't. You most likely didn't have to ride your bike as a 28-year-old man to work back and forth every day for almost two years like I did. You probably didn't have a $10 Walmart table as your kitchen table while being a married couple. You probably didn't drive around in the 1992 Buick Regal for six years 
like I did. So then it's no shock that you didn't buy your home for cash like I did. And I don't say this because, quote, I did. I say this because I learned. I say this because I was able, I was capable, because it's possible. So now we're blessed to be in a position that we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. We can go wherever we want. We can eat whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want. And we don't have to think about the price tag. I can put my family on a plane. We can drive. We can fly to Paris first class, and we can take my daughters to see the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower. We can jump over the Rome, and we can go and see the Colosseum and the Vatican. We can pop on over to Egypt, and I can show my daughters the pyramids. We can hop to China, and we can walk the Great Wall. Now, will we do that? Maybe. Can we do that? Whenever we want. If we go out to a restaurant, we can order what we want and don't look at the price. And that's nice. Not that we aren't price conscious. Of course, we're aware and we don't overspend. And when I bought my Land Rover and when I bought my wife's Tahoe, you better believe I got those prices down to exactly where I wanted them. And I didn't buy them brand new and drive off the lot and take a 20 to 30% depreciation as soon as those front tires touch the street. I bought them two years old on purpose because after two years, a vehicle takes the largest hit, depreciation hit. I got great values, and I made sure the cars that I bought were in a great position. They had lower mileage than you would expect at that time. And I sat there. And I wasted an entire day of an entire dealership beating them up on price because I knew the price that I would pay. And I was happy to drive away in my 92 Buick Regal because I've driven it for six years and it had been my best friend. And it was really hard to sell that car when I eventually did. But I sold it to a single father who was trying to raise his kids on his own who, who was riding around in a moped back and forth to work. And I was grateful that I could actually take this car that helped me so much and I could sell it to another gentleman who was trying to do his thing for his family. And I still drive my Land Rover today. And I didn't upgrade to the new body style when it came out because I want to keep up with the Joneses. I drive my truck because I love my truck because it works perfectly. It's got everything I need. It's, it's wonderful. If I wanted to upgrade, I could upgrade. But I don't want to because I don't need to because that makes no sense. I don't care about the Joneses. What do they do for me? I don't care about the fancy car next to me at the stoplight. That's probably leased or loaned or under a six-year payment program. You don't own that. And I'm not saying that to discredit or criticize anybody out there. I'm trying to tell you that there's another way, a better way. Initially, it seems harder way. But as I sit here at 40 years old, completely debt-free and free to do and live and be who I want to be, that grind was worth it because now there's no more grind. Now there's philanthropic pursuits. Now there's the attainment of goals and the ability to help other people attain their goals. We've started a nonprofit organization called the Chew Foundation, which stands for children eating well that my wife and I completely funded on our own and will completely continue to fund. Of course, we'll take um, charitable donations. That's fine. But we run this organization because we want to give back to the communities now. We're in a position to give back, to help change 
the mentality of humans that don't understand how to feed children real food properly, to reduce childhood obesity and eating disorders and diabetes through education. That's the purpose of the True Foundation. We're also very philanthropic in other areas that we don't need to discuss, but we know, and those some of you might know, and some of you we partner with. So again, this conversation, this back to podcasting rant, my friends, is to help motivate you and inspire you and let you know that you can do it no matter what your goal is. No matter where you want to be, no matter where you want to go, and no matter where you're starting from, you can do it. I know you can do it because you're in a better position than I was when you started. You have more skills likely than I had. You have more opportunity than I had. You could be smarter, probably are. You might be better looking, but I don't know about that. <laughs> But truly, you have every opportunity in the world to be and do exactly what you want to be. And that's what I want to do for you. I want to help you. I want to motivate you. I want you to use my story as motivation to know that it's possible, that you can do it. When I first started working at Team Quest, I wrote down my goals And my goals were, number one, to be a world-class coach of world-class athletes. Well, I'm the three-time trainer of the year in the world of mixed martial arts. I've worked with multiple world champions. My goal was to run a world-class training facility. Well, we just opened Dolce Fitness here in Las Vegas, the first of many forthcoming fitness facilities that use evidence-based science to curate training programs for the elite athlete to the everyday athlete, the weekend warrior, where you can train side-by-side with a professional athlete and use the same principles and protocols that work for the world's most elite athletes that anybody can use. Prenatal, postnatal moms, morbidly obese, Weekend warriors, dad bots can all train side by side with the world's greatest athletes inside our facilities using our equipment and our protocols. So I have become a world-class coach and I have coached world-class athletes and I do operate a world-class training facility. I've achieved all of my goals that I set for myself 2004 and 2017. So 13 years later, I've achieved all the goals that I've written down for myself. And I achieved some of those goals earlier, quite a bit earlier. But here I am looking back. Now I'm setting new goals for myself. My new goals are to help you. My new goals are to help you, to help every person within my reach change their life for the better, to improve your life. Whatever I have to do to help you, motivate you, educate you, inspire you, push you along, kicking and screaming to change your life, to better your life. That's why I'm here. That's what we're doing now. I don't need money anymore. I love it. I don't mind it because that allows me more opportunity to help more people. I'm working to help you. That's my goal. And I know from an entrepreneurial perspective, the more people I help, the more quality products and services I provide, the more I'm able to monetize that. That's fine. That's nice. 
that allows me to take better care of my staff, my team, grow our facilities, offer more products and services, increase our technical support, increase our offerings, but the goal is to help you change your life. So how do we change your life, ladies and gentlemen? We set goals for ourselves. How many of you have set goals for yourself today? Right now, today. Who wrote down your goals for today? I thought so. Can you please do me a favor? Can you please get a pen and a piece of paper? And can you please write down a goal for yourself? I'll wait. You can hit pause and get a pen and paper. Now, you can input it into your Evernote or into your iPhone or your your Android or, God forbid, a BlackBerry like I'm still using. Again, why should I upgrade my phone? I have a six-year-old BlackBerry. I'm not going to pay $700 for the new fancy phone. I don't need it. Call me. My phone works. I digress. Let's write down our goals, ladies and gentlemen. Where do you want to be three years from now? What do you want to accomplish in your life? What do you want to be known for? Let's start there. Let's get the big picture, the big vision. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want to have? Do you want a Land Rover? Do you want a Porsche? Do you want a BMW? Do you want a Tesla? Do you want a G6? I don't care. Whatever you want, you should get. You should have it, God darn it. And you should work your ass off to get it. Because that's what we're talking about. That's what this is about. It's about pushing. It's about working. It's about becoming. It's about challenging yourself. And that's what I want out of you. We need to write down our goals. And let's just get a piece of paper and let's write. What's our bigger goal? And it can be anything. I don't care. Be honest. And writing things down on paper, number one, it forces us to be more honest with ourselves because we can physically see it. And it makes it more real because we can see it in our own handwriting. And there's something very intimate, very special about that. And science has done many research studies on this. When you actually write something down in your own hand, it makes it much more real than if you type it onto a computer screen. Because it's not actually you. But you recognize your handwriting. And there's an emotional connection with your own handwriting. Because it's you who's, who's done it. And your body, your brain, whatever it is inside you that recognizes that makes it more real. Let's make this real. Let's write this down. Where do you want to be in the future, in three years? How do we get there? What do you need to do to get there? Do you need education? Do you need experience? Do you need to change locations? Do you need a different support system? Write that down. How do you start getting a better education? Do you need to go to a certain school, study a certain topic? Write that down. Who do you need to be talking to? What mentors might you need to get there? Where do you need to be living? What proximity do you need to be in? Do you physically have to move? Write it down. What hard items do you need? Do you need books? Do you need software? Do you need running shoes? Do you need a barbell? Do you need a kettlebell? Write it down. So now you can start to see the list of what you need. 
And now, now that you see that, you can start to attract it. You can start to grow towards it. You can start to do the things necessary to get those things, to acquire those things. Now flip the paper over. What do you need to do today, right now, to get closer to that goal? Right now, today, what do you need to do? Do you need to make a phone call? Do you need to do a Google search? Do you need to walk into a facility and, and ask, how do I train here? How much does it cost? Can I have a tour? Do you need to send an email to a mentor and say, hey, Mr. Mrs. So-and-so, I would love to do what you do one day. I'm happy to pay you for your time if you can give me 10 minutes so I can ask you three very simple questions. Here's what those three sec- questions are. It would mean so much to me to help me get started. You'd be surprised at how many people, how many well-known famous people will respond in the, infer- in the affirmative to that. But what do you need to do today? What do you need to do right now? What are your short-term goals? Where do you want to be three months from now? Summer's coming. Weight loss, health, and fitness. Start moving, getting more energy, optimizing, increasing self-confidence. How about that? Are we on that track yet? Why not? What are we doing for our health and fitness? Are we moving towards it? Do we have very clear goals? Where, how, what do you want to weigh three weeks or three months from now? What do you want your body fat to be? What do you want your PRs, your personal records to be on specific lifts? Do you have that written down? Do you know for sure? What training program are you following? What meal plan are you following? What are you eating right now? What are you eating today? What are you eating tomorrow, more importantly? Have you grocery shopped yet? Do you have those ingredients available? When are you going to do your meal prep? When are you going to cook that stuff to make sure it's readily available? What time do you go to the gym? Do you have any training partners? Do they know what time you're going to be there so they can spot you, so they can push you? Do you have your belt? Do you have your wrap? Do you have your straps? Do you have your gym bag? Do you have your Dolce Way? <laughs> like, really, you need to think about this. You can't just let it happen magically because it doesn't happen magically. You need to put yourself in the position, the power position, the control position. You need to curate your life. You are the maestro. You are the conductor. Everything that happens to you, you are responsible for. You are accountable for. Every success and every failure is your fault. No matter what's happening around you, no matter what's going on in the world, it's your fault. And once we accept this, Once we embrace this, success is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because you don't take no for an answer. You don't stop. You don't stop when your bicycle seat is stolen the first week of work. And you have to ride a bike for 30 minutes twice a day with no bike seat for two weeks because you don't get a paycheck to buy a new $12 bike seat for two Fridays. That happened, and that's true. And I got a ride home from Eddie Herman twice during the two-week period of time because Eddie's a man, and Chris Wilson gave me a ride home once. The other nine days, I had to ride home at night, and every morning for those 12 mornings, because it was six days a week, I had to ride at 4.30 in the morning with no bike seat. (laughs) It was insane. 
and I didn't take the day off and I didn't quit and I didn't cry and I didn't complain and I didn't spend money that I didn't have to take a bus or take a, uh, take a cab. I toughed it out. I gritted it out. I made it happen. I was responsible. It was my fault. It was my fault for locking my bike outside in an area that I didn't think that the bike seat would be stolen. I took response. It was my fault. Now, somebody else was a scumbag, of course, but it was my fault. It was my responsibility. I didn't think it through. And that taught me to think things through better. Those experiences I turned into positives, and so should you. Learn from my failures, ladies and gentlemen. Learn from my scars, please. Please. And make your life better. You have your own story, your own unique experiences. I would love to hear some of them one day. But I only want to hear from them when you're talking from a perspective of success. How did you use your scars to propel you forward? How did you use your failures to become your great successes? That's what this is about today. That's what this podcast is about. That's what I want to share with you. And that's what we're going to be sharing all year long, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be motivating you. We are going to be inspiring you. We are going to be educating you. We are going to be pushing you and kicking you and dragging you and applauding you and cheering for you and crying with you every step of the way because we are here for you. Every person listening, I want to be utterly successful. I want you to be so successful that you have nothing more to do than to help other people become successful because you've achieved every one of your goals. I want you to get to that point in life that the only thing you do when you wake up is you think, how can I help people? How can I help people today? Because I got to tell you what, I am a selfish guy. I am so freaking selfish. I only care about me. Why do I say that? Because you know how good it makes me feel when I help someone do something? Nothing, nothing makes me feel better than seeing someone succeed. Nothing makes me feel better than helping someone succeed. Nothing makes me feel better than having some sort of input or influence over someone's success. Now, it's your success. We take a tiny, 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 tiny little piece of it. But we have a little piece of it. So every time you succeed, I feel better. I feel good. I feel happy. <laughs> I feel proud. And that makes me feel good. So I'm selfish. I'm so selfish. I want every single one of you to be successful because that's going to make me feel amazing. And that's, <laughs> that's what I suggest you start linking your, your self-view to. How can I help people? be better because that's going to make me be better. And that's going to make me feel better. So the more people I can help, the better I feel. I love it. What better motivation is there every day? So I'm selfishly motivated by being selfless. And I want you to succeed. I want you to be richer than your wildest dreams. I want you to be healthier than your wildest dreams. I want you to be happier than your wildest dreams. I want you to be well-traveled. I want you to be well-fed on great quality, organic, wild-caught, delicious, earth-grown nutrients. I want you to be so fit that when you walk into a room, everybody's head turns and their jaw drops and they say, oh my God, I wish I had that body. 
how do you, how did you get that body? You look absolutely amazing. This is the best I've seen you look in your entire life. Oh my God. Look how flat your stomach is. Look how strong your arms are. Look how, how vibrant your skin is. You look amazing. Because you can have that too. It all come, It's all the same thing. It all comes from goals. It all comes from motivation. It all comes from hard work. It all comes from dedication. And it all comes from delayed gratification. And that's what we're trying to get to. We delay gratification for our goals because we know what we want. We know what we want because we've written our goals down now. And every day forward, moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, we write our goals down every day. What will you accomplish today? What will I do today? Before I go to bed tonight, what do I need to do today? Today. And every Saturday, we set our goals to achieve by next Friday. By the time I go to bed next Friday, I will have achieved this. And then every day we wake up after that, we write down the goal that we need to accomplish that day so that on Friday, we have achieved that. That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it. We write our goals down. They keep us accountable. And we follow the action steps necessary to achieve that goal. And then we reset a new goal, a bigger goal, that gets us closer to our larger goal. And we continue to clip along. Now, I can't make it any easier for you. That's as easy as I can make it. And I've tried to make it easier. And I failed miserably when I tried to do so. (laughs) So this is a guy, a very normal guy. Well, I don't know if I'm normal. I'm probably not freaking normal. This is an insane guy (laughs) with all sorts of problems in a good way. Trying to give you some advice. Person to person. Let's set goals for ourselves, And let's achieve those goals. And let's help other people achieve their goals and let's motivate them and let's inspire them and let's educate them and let's lead them by our example and let's show them because if I could do it, you can do it. I know if I could do it, then you can do it. I have no doubt. I was blessed with nothing. I have no talent. I have no advantage. There's nothing special about me except my ability to work hard and stay focused on the task and delay gratification. And that's not a talent. That just comes from from not having anything. That comes from necessity because I had nothing. So what else could I do but work and delay gratification? I can't be gratified because I don't have the ability to have the things that I want, so I better work for them. No matter how long it takes, so I'm going to be suffering anyway. I'm, I'm going to be doing without anyway, so I might as well at least be working towards the things that I want because eventually I know I'll get there, and so will you. So if you're not where you want to be right now, let's start working to get to where you want to be so eventually you will be there. That's what this is about. So everybody, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's motivate each other. Let's cheer for each other. Let's push each other on. Now, you can, we can do this in a bunch of different ways. Start jumping on our social media. Follow us on Instagram. 
That's probably the primary source. Everybody follow. I'm, I'm getting a lot deeper into Instagram lately. So go to Instagram at the Dolce Diet on Instagram. Everybody follows at the Dolce Diet on Instagram. We're still on Twitter at the Dolce Diet. We're still on Facebook, the Dolce Diet. Of course, join there also because each platform has different content. I'm more active on Instagram right now than anything else. That might change come summertime. I used to be way more active on Twitter. The Twitter algorithm has changed a little bit. Instagram allows me more um, because of the Instagram lives and because the the, the 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 photo feeds. I can talk to you guys more. I can show you what we're up to more. I can really help more. Also, our YouTube page has taken off dramatically. We're back on YouTube. We're posting five videos per week is the goal. So go to our YouTube page. That's the Dolce Diet. Now, also... We have the Dolce Diet 4-week and 12-week online membership program. I don't know if I talked about that on this podcast. I don't think I have. But briefly, if you go to the dolcediet.com, you can sign up for a completely personalized online diet and exercise program. 100% personalized to you. It took us a year to build this. We just launched this in the beginning of the year. And if you use promo code DOLCE10, you'll save 10%. Every meal, every ingredient, every recipe is personalized 100% for you. Every set, every rep, every exercise has video tutorials showing you exactly what to do. Some of our UFC athletes and beautiful bikini models are helping to demonstrate the exercise. We have leaderboards to see where you rank amongst other people around the world, which is so cool. We also have an exclusive membership forum where you can get in there, ask me specific questions, our dietitians, our certified trainers, um, our technical support team, and also you can start to engage with thousands of people around the world in a private exclusive forum. This is the DolceDiet.com, promo code Dolce10, and guys, this is guaranteed to work. It works. It's, it's built on our three weeks to shred it program and our living lean program. But it's the we built this rule engine, this algorithm. It's, it makes these programs very specific only to you. So we have a comprehensive onboarding process that learns everything we need to know about you. Privacy, of course, is kept at the utmost premium. We get your information without getting too much information, and we build you the exact program that you need to achieve your goals. People are freaking crushing it right now. Um, So that's out there to help you guys. But follow us on all of our social media platforms. That's the way to engage because I want to make sure we're helping you achieve your goals. I'm going to be putting a lot more content out there for you guys. We're going to have amazing guests in here on The Mike Dolce Show. Tons of great guests from the world of athletics, the world of business, the world of science, the world of arts and entertainment will all be here. We're booking them out right now on the Mike Dolce Show. We'll be doing shows like this where I'm just screaming at you, ranting at you, trying to motivate you, and then other shows where we're getting amazing um, guests to come on and help educate and inspire you guys to just be better, to do better. Make sure you're subscribing to the Mike Dolce Show on iTunes. That is huge. Subscribe to us. Even if you listen elsewhere, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please do. We're trying to keep that iTunes ranking back up because we're just getting back on again after hiatus, and I'm sure we're buried in the bottom of the rankings. Also, leave a comment, please, and just say, what's up, Dolce, or love the show, or, you know, you suck. Don't say I suck. That's not nice. But leave us a comment on the iTunes page. If you guys don't mind at first, just say you're here. Make sure you subscribe, number one. Um, Number two, just give us a quick comment. I read all the comments. I want to know what you guys want from this show. Who do you want to have as guests? Let us know. Hashtag me on Instagram constantly. Hashtag Dolce Diet. Hashtag Dolce Diet. And I go through every day, and you'll be surprised because I jump in and I leave comments on your personal pages also, which is really cool stuff to get to know you and engage with you and learn more about you and your families and your fitness and all that good stuff. The more I know about you, the more I can actually help you. So I appreciate that. 
The last thing is really cool is I've been nominated once again for trainer of the year. And this is the fourth time I've been nominated and I've been blessed to have won the last three years in a row. And it's because of you guys. So if you appreciate what we're doing here on the Mike Dolce show, if you appreciate what the Dolce diet and fitness is doing, if we've helped you in any way, I would truly appreciate and be grateful if you went to worldmmaawards.com and you just gave me a simple vote. And it's really, it's giving us, it's giving the brand, it's giving our team and it's giving you guys, you know, our, our family, it's giving us a vote. And if you went to worldmmaawards.com, clicked on vote, scroll down, trainer of the year, click my silly face, um, then you, all you have to do is put in your name and email address, just say you're not a robot. It takes 30 seconds, if that. You can do it extremely fast. So World MMA Awards, trainer of the year. I am so honored to have been nominated and so grateful to any of you who feel um, that I'm worthy of, of, of getting your vote. That would just That would mean the world to me. I appreciate that. So to close out the show, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for caring enough to be here, to share this experience together. I really do appreciate each and every one of you, and I'm trying to know as many of you as I can. That's why social media is so cool, because it allows me such a wide vision of who's out there, of all of you. And when we, uh, we were getting up to 50,000 listeners per episode of the Mike Dolce show back in the fall before on hiatus, don't know how many of you are coming back. Hopefully all of you are coming back and hopefully we can grow this show and grow this voice and really help you guys because that's the goal. I want you to help us curate the programming. I want you to tell me what you want to hear. I want to hear your questions. We're actually implementing Facebook or Instagram live. We will be in the future. So when we go live on the Mike Dolce show when we're recording, we're also going to fire up our Instagram account so you can jump on and be live with us and I'll answer your questions live on the air and I'll shout you out um, if you want me to. And put your, your, your screen name out there and just let people know what you're up to and what your questions are and, and all that cool stuff. But the more I see your name pop up, the more questions you ask, the more feedback you give me, the more I get to know you. So I'm your coach. I take that very seriously. And I can help coach you. The more information I have from you, the better I can coach you. The better the information I give you will be, the more specific it will be to help you. So that's really what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to know as many of you as possible. And by doing that, we need to communicate more. So, And by doing that, it's probably easier for you to tag me because I don't know how to tag you guys. There's a lot of you. It would be a little harder. So you tag me and I will find you. I will stalk you and lurk you in a good way. And I'll motivate you. For sure. And I'll tell you, what the hell are you drinking that Monster Energy drink for? That's garbage. <laughs> Drop that and you get a double espresso. Um, but anyway, guys and girls, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Um, make sure, again, you subscribe to this channel. Please leave a comment, both on iTunes, um, just so we can kind of get a little more exposure. And then share this. Please share this with your friends. If this was helpful, if this podcast, and I'm being honest with you guys. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm not being fake. I'm going to tell you the truth. It, it, it's, it, I'm not proud that I grew up poor, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, who's going to be proud of that, you know, but at the same time, it's honest, it's real, it happened, and I hope that my story can help some of you, I've already, because I mentioned this on Instagram earlier, I've got amazing, amazing feedback from a lot of people that said, just some, shared lots of really nice things about their own life and struggles and, and such, I'm, I'm, I'm an honest guy, and I'm going to continue to be honest, and some people don't like that, and, and that's, I apologize, but I'm always going to be honest, I'm always going to be straightforward, I'm always going to do what I believe I can do to help you, and if that's kind of embarrassing myself a little bit, I'm happy to do that, if that motivates you and kind of gives you some motivation um, and inspiration to, to, to be better, well, that's what I'm here for. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys so much. And remember, 
Don't count calories. Make calories count. Boom.